21's your favorite number? Yep. Mine's six. Why is yours 21? I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, I like some of the aspects of it. Like, I, I also really like seven and three, and seven and three, multiply them together, you get 21. So, now that's a benefit. Hmm. See, I guess I guess that makes sense. Two plus like... one is three. Also, oh, that's fair. No, I didn't even think about that. No, I just the like I like even numbers for whatever reason. And oh, I tend to like odds. Oh, it's weirdo. And uh, <laughs> so, so the uh, the first even of the two, and then times six is the twelve. So I'm I'm cool with twelve. Twelve and I get along. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm more of a six guy. And you know what? I'm actually totally like conditioned to like even numbers, and it wasn't even totally. How, how are you conditioned to like I'll even numbers? Tell you how I'm conditioned <laughs> is uh, my brother and I growing up were always fighting for the front seat of the car, and okay. finally my parents came down and were like, "All right, that does it. Uh, on even number days, you get the front seat. Gotcha. Odd number days, your brother gets the front seat." And it kind of worked out because he was born on an even number day and I was born on an odd number day. So then when your birthday hit, you get three days in a row in the front seat. And uh, oh. I know, I know. So I was conditioned. <laughs> now, what I didn't foresee until like a couple of years after doing this was uh, there's way more months that have 31 days and then it's the first <laughs> than anything else. So they you know he'd get two days in a row and i'd be like yeah wait what do you it was the 31st but now it's the, oh no now it's the now it's the first oh oh yeah in <laughs> so, fact odd number there are more odd number days yeah i know i know and uh, i didn't realize it until later and whatever i don't i don't like to talk about it <laughs> tell your parents you they totally screwed you out of six yeah. days a month or no, a year. i'll tell you i'll tell you when they pulled the wool over my eyes seven days was seven? yeah no, when they when they pulled the wool over my eyes was when it hit me like ten years later after this was happening to me. So I, I was like seventeen or so, and I had this light bulb go off because I'm pretty sure it happened when I was seven. I don't know how long it was happening for. Yeah. But the uh, well, we're gonna play the quiet game, and uh, the person that can stay quiet the longest gets a quarter, and they get like a solid twenty minutes of silence out of us because we wanted a quarter. So like, it costs a quarter <laughs> for twenty minutes of silence. What a ruse. I had no that idea. That is a great purchase right there. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and now, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I definitely, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But, uh, like, I'd, I'd try to hit my brother to make him yell. And I'm like, ah, see, you know, lost the lost the sound. So sometimes it might cost him, like, 75 cents to get, like, five-minute intermittent stretches. And, and then we'd have to start over again. But still, 75 cents for... Like 15 minutes of quiet ain't, uh, that ain't bad. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, mostly. To the truth about investing, back to basics. I am Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. Today, we want to talk about savings and cushion. And savings and cushion. (laughs) 
we uh, we thought that it would pair well along with our, our foundational framework of starting to move your investments forward and getting started and why these things are important and what's important about them and how they work and kind of some of our our thoughts on them and I, I don't really know that I have a direction on going about it. We, we said we should do savings and cushion today. And and then Sean said, yeah. And then we pushed the record button. So <laughs> that's that's where we're at on this, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Good. Okay, cool. Uh, so for me, uh, I I kind of have the, the view, the mindset that savings doesn't exist is is kind of my view. And I'm sure... Sean's gonna go, yeah, huh? <laughs> but I'm uh, gonna let you roll with this one. I I'm curious to see where you're going. Oh, love it! Mm, mm. <laughs> Don't hold me back. Don't hold me back. <laughs> one, two. Uh, so to me, savings doesn't exist overall. Uh, savings to me, and this this is much more of a, a philosophical mindset type of thing. But savings is literally just a pile of money that is either gonna go towards an emergency or towards something shiny. And that's been my experience in the past when I had just a savings account. And I mean, granted, that's that's pre-getting some of the organization done that we've talked about before where now there are different buckets or envelopes or however you keep things organized. And just my savings went there. That's what it would go to. I would have X amount of money that sat in a pile and I'd go, hey, look, uh, this emergency came up. I'm sure glad I have my savings. And then I high-five myself and, and it was great. And then there would be times when I go, well, you know, I've got this much sitting in savings. Uh, you know, I've been doing pretty good, so pat on back me. I'm going to go get this TV. And then I'd go get a TV. And and that's that's kind of how it worked for me. Whereas if you actually have the organization and the direction going with it, then you might have that TV fund or you might have that emergency that's in place for for different things i mean black and friday is coming up so that black friday is coming pretty up pretty good get get your get yourself a black friday envelope <laughs> there you I go mean, that's that's only kind of over exaggerating it for me but like for for instance for me personally uh for me and my wife we make sure that we have a category that is going to be for christmas gifts rather Smart. than Rather than like a, oh, well, I guess I've got this money. Let's pull this from different areas so that we can piece this together because it's December 1st. Okay, let's be honest here. If I'm shopping, it's December 21st. And <laughs> then I I give, I print out, a, if she was sitting here, she'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I like print out a picture and like, this is the thing you're getting in two weeks because it's free shipping and handling. Hey, look at that. It's going to be great. And, uh, and then she... She yells at me because it because it's taking longer. But the point is, is that if you're if you're more organized and you know that your savings, quote unquote, is going to partially go to Christmas gifts, then why wouldn't you just create a Christmas gift category? And to me, when you when you divide everything down beyond that, it's a combination of things that are possible emergency expenditures, things that are things that you want, so spending account type things, and things that if I was to actually categorize anything as savings, it would be money that you know you're going to spend eventually, but you don't know how much and you don't know when. And 
the the example I have for that is clothing. We have a clothing category that you are going to buy clothes. You don't know if it's going to be a thing of socks because you need socks or if, oh, man, you know what? It's summertime and suddenly uh, I need a sundress. I, I don't need a sundress. My wife needs a sundress. <laughs> you definitely maybe need, I need a sundress. Chris. I probably need a sundress. It shows off my thunder thighs. Anyway, the... <laughs> When you have that, then you go, I know I'm going to be spending money from here. And you can you can break it down. I'm sure Sean breaks it down to some crazy degree because he's a nerd. And <laughs> is like, I, it looks, looks like I am spending $126 every 3.5 months on clothes because somehow he made those numbers work. And at that point, that's when you're going to categorize, okay, I want to make sure that I'm putting away this much money to handle that every three and a half months. We, we have a general idea of how much we're spending in clothes. And so we put a general amount in there and we might go months without buying any clothes. But then we have a month where we're like, oh, geez, this whole new outfit needs to happen or like this outfit ripped or it's a new season and we need a new coat, something along those lines. That's the closest thing that I can find involving savings to me. And I explain that because outside of that, when it's something shiny, if it's something like Christmas gifts, you should have a Christmas gift category. If it's spending money so that you're not dipping into your other accounts, so you're not dipping into your rent in order to get a new TV, then you should have a TV category. You should have spending money categories to, to kind of keep you sane because if you're not spending your money where you enjoy it, then you're going to go crazy and you're going to wind up dipping into those categories anyway. Yeah. And uh, same thing goes for emergencies. If you are self-insuring or you have your own insurance set up, and that goes back to deductibles that we've talked about in several episodes before, have your deductibles available to just handle it. And so if you lumped all that money together, you got $500 for a deductible and $100 for clothes and $400 for a new TV, then really if you looked at it in a savings account, which we don't condone <laughs> then that would be just a lump of $1100 but you because you are a much more intelligent individual than than the the average bear then you know that the money for those $1100 is already pre-allocated to those things so it would look like a lump sum of savings but that's why philosophically and in my head it doesn't really truly exist because then it's just a general fund where I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll put it into this thing somewhere that happens sometime. And then maybe I buy a $500 TV and then that took away the $100 for the clothing that I thought was important for me. If if that's enough of a broad enough stroke of kind of a rant of... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I can add in some of my, my own concepts here. But first, I have a question for you. You, you said you Love don't it. really condone a savings account. Why mm. is that? Well, that's that's more. Uh, maybe I used the wrong term. Uh, so, I say that in the sense of like, you. How do I word this? I don't condone a savings account in the way I don't condone you just checking your checking account to see how much money you have. I don't condone just having a pile of money going. Oh well, I think it's about this much, and then pulling from that. The same way that you look at your checking account and like, oh, I have about this much, so I'll pull from that. You okay, so it's not necessarily the, the savings account. It's the concept of having this pile of money. 
Right. And okay. really, if anything else, like the savings account, the proper phrase of it, which is why I'm saying maybe I just worded it poorly. If you're using a savings account, say say you have three deductibles for different things, and so you have $25,000 that's there for your your big-time sewer deductible. And ha- like I, I just, I'm picking a random number. But right. you, you have deductibles available and certain things on money that you are very unlikely to spend and you need to have that money available, but you're not going to need it right away, stick it in a savings account. And then that way you have access to that money for when those occasions come up because that's the pseudo savings. I don't think you need to create three savings accounts at your bank for those three different giant deductibles. You can still put it into there, but the point is is to have it categorized and know exactly why it's there is the point for me. Okay. So I, I I definitely view it a little bit differently, and I'd say your your savings is more of a philosophical thing because it's from a pure definition of saving or savings, you, it still fits the bill. I'm um, philosophical AF. Yeah, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> and we talked about that earlier too. Um, but I the first thing I would throw in there is a lot of my view of having this savings or emergency fund or however you want to view it and whether you you bucket it out or you just have it in a lump sum it, personally it doesn't make a difference to me it's really what works for you but the reason it doesn't make a difference to me is like we talked about in a prior episode about budgeting is when I boil it down to a daily budget I don't necessarily care if you spend that daily allotment on clothes or food or Christmas present. It doesn't make a difference. This is how much you are, are can spend. Don't go over it or build up so that you can afford or you're going to have to dig yourself back up out of the hole. So I don't I don't necessarily bucket it out to that same degree as I leave it to the individual person to decide how to prioritize that money and you know if you decide clothes are more more uh, important than eating um, you you might want to work on your priorities a little bit but that's me <laughs> um, the other aspect of it uh, is in regards to that that concept of having an em- emergency fund or you know it's I know Chris doesn't really use the word emergency fund. He, he, you know, he has everything bucketed out for the, each deductible and things of that nature. I do tend to lump it together for a, a couple of reasons. Um, is, big, is it all right if I interject ahead. here real quick? No, go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. So just before we get a little too far off base, just to just to hit and touch on that first part where you're talking about the daily allotment, we're. Yep. We're not too different in that sense where the daily allotment, if you were to look at mine, and this is kind of difficult to do without without writing out a visual representation of everything. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking at mine, the, the only difference between mine and yours is your daily allotment is including things like clothes, whereas mine might be set to the side. So the daily allotment would, st- if you asked me to set something up for you, and it was to to create a spending plan that has these things. And you said, I really like the idea of using a daily allotment because I think that would keep me more organized. I would tell you, hey, great, 
and I would still place a category that's made for clothes because you don't know when you're going to spend the money on it or or those things. But the daily allotment would come on the strictly spending money side for me. So spending money, uh, to me, as, as, a, as a whole, is after everything is handled. So our deductibles are taken care of, clothes are taken care of, gas, groceries, insurance for the month, uh, 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 debt if you're, if you're paying off debt. Like all of those things are taken care of. So you still need to have money so that you can go out and you can go get a smoothie or a coffee somewhere so that you don't go crazy because you want to be able to enjoy spending your money. And for me, I take that amount and I, I have a certain amount and my wife has a certain amount. It's, it's the same, but we, we have an amount that is made to just go out and do those activities. And it's available at the beginning of the month. So we, we do 125 bucks a month, because, and that's not a lot of money, but when you think about everything else being handled, then that 125 bucks is to go, hey, I'm going to go out and get a smoothie or get a coffee and meet up with this person or, or get this. It's usually consumable things because the other stuff is already allocated. And if it was organized as a, I want a daily allotment so that I can keep that under control, I don't want the 125 available to me out of the gate. I want a certain amount slowly added to it. It would be the exact same approach, just it might be a smaller amount than what Sean is referring to because he's saying I would probably include things like clothes in there and stuff. And I'm simply saying that mine's already allocated for that and this would be your spending money category. This would be stuff that... If you spend it, great. If you don't, it doesn't matter because all these things are already taken care of and it would just appear to be a smaller amount per day of your daily allotment. Much um, smaller, most likely. Yes, much, much smaller. And that's, again, you know why, why all of this tools for the toolbox thing is important. If you want to make sure that you have money available for clothes and it might be a few months, then have it that way. Uh, but if you want, you're like, oh, you know, I, I just get a shirt occasionally and maybe I don't even need a category for it, then maybe include that in your daily allotment and, and have it kind of flex that way. So it's, I, I guess I'm specifying that because it's, it's just different views of the same concept, Yeah, I guess, uh, because the daily allotment just includes different categories, the way Sean's describing it. Uh, the, the daily allotment includes multiple categories that I have dissected a little bit further out, but that doesn't mean that you can't incorporate those things into a daily allotment. It's just my daily allotment. If it was for me, then I would be doing it for strictly spending money purposes of going out and usually it's it's usually getting coffee for me is is where a majority of my stuff goes. Getting coffee or like getting a, a new movie or or something that is just fun. So I wanted to touch on that before we started going off on the the second part of what you were addressing with with That's deductibles fair. and emergency funds and stuff. Yeah, so basically, I recommend everybody start building up some kind of buffer. You can call it savings, emergency fund, what have you, um, over time, and. De- it's going to depend on where you are currently, what that, that next step should be. But if you haven't started at all, shoot for a thousand bucks. Try to build up a thousand bucks in your, your savings account, your checking account, whatever it may be, so that you have that buffer and that you can dig into it when you need to. You know, you, you get a flat on the car and you have to get four new tires, you have that buffer. Now, 
the, the same thing kind of applies to the the deductibles. I don't necessarily bucket out each deductible per se. I I, I build it into a lump sum, and again, that's it stems from the same concept of I, I don't necessarily bucket out a lot of these things because of how variable they tend to be. The other aspect of it in regards to the deductibles, part of why I don't necessarily recommend having each individual deductible bucketed out is the odds of actually being hit with all of those deductibles needing to come out all at the same time are very, very slim. Yes, there might be some kind of you know natural disaster that would potentially cause you to need your deductible on your homeowner's insurance, your car insurance, and your health insurance all at the same time. But most of the time, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at, oh, the car got hit. Okay, I have to deal with that. Or I got sick. I have to deal with my health insurance. It's normally one one thing, not not multiple. So having all the money set aside for all of the deductibles, I don't I don't see as necessary. Um, certainly, it's the safest play, if you will. Just statistically speaking, it's not likely that you will need all of those all at once. Well, so, Sean, what what happens when I accidentally slam on the gas and I wreck my car into the car in front of me in the driveway, and that takes out the corner of the house, and then I've got a I've got a neck injury, and then and then uh, after everything is said and done, then I've also got hurt feelings, and and no, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would it would um, be insane to have all those things happen at once. You're you're absolutely right. Right, right. And there's nothing, like I said, there's nothing wrong with having each one bucketed out. That is the safest play, hands down. I'm just saying, statistically speaking, it's not likely that you will need all of them at once, and therefore you could potentially keep less in that reserve, if you will, and then utilize the money for other things along the way. And part of why I I make that distinction is because each category of funds needs to be in a different uh, pool. And here's what I mean by that is this. So that that small amount, the, the that first amount that you build up, say it's a thousand dollars. Eventually, you know, definitely recommend getting up to around five thousand dollars. That should be pretty liquid. I'm talking a checking account, uh, savings account, money market account, something that you can access within a day two at the most. The next level up from that are things that you are not likely to need, but if you do need them, you probably have a little bit of time to access it. Those types of funds can actually be invested. Now, how they get invested really has to do with what they're for, how soon you're likely to need them, and a variety of other factors that come into play, your risk tolerance, your financial ability to assume risk, and things of that nature. But the point is you can actually increase the potential return on your investment, the the work that your money is doing for you if you can invest those funds, and obviously there's risk associated with that, but you can potentially increase the work that those those funds are doing for you by investing them. And realistically, the liquidity factor that you're looking at when investing, assuming you're utilizing stocks, 
bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, and things of that nature, it's pretty liquid. You're you're looking at T plus two, which is the trading day plus two days to settle, and then the funds are available and they can be transferred out that same basically that third day, and you'll they'll probably show up in your account either that day or the following morning after the cycle. So we're looking at four days on the high end for liquidity purposes. The other aspect of that, like I've alluded to, is really the the risk factor and how much those funds can fluctuate. If you are only talking about, say, 500 bucks, and you have three different deductibles that might need to pull from that 500 bucks, and that 500 bucks varies, and it drops to say $300, that's going to create an issue. We so you, you still want to create those more liquid buckets, and you also want to invest the funds in a in a manner that is appropriate for their utilization. So you're you're probably not going to take your your deductible funds and put them into a, a high risk, high growth investment. That just probably isn't going to make a whole lot of sense. But that's part of why I don't necessarily divide them each out and why I bucket them together is the buckets I'm looking at are more the, the high, liqu- high liquidity, low risk, low return bucket uh, something that's a little bit less liquid, a little bit higher return, a little bit more risk for that more of a middle range where you can earn something on the funds, but you're not likely to lose a large chunk of them in case you need them. And then you can look at your long-term investing strategies for uh, things that you're looking to do you know, a ways down the road, whether it's saving for a house or retirement or what, anything along those lines. So I, I think that all makes sense, really. And uh, it's when I'm talking about having everything divided out and uh, it, it sounds like there's there's just different degrees to it. And I, I guess all of yes. these things that we're talking about is, is there are definitely varying degrees to all of it. And I think a good example for that is, say, say currently uh, one of our deductibles is, is $500 for auto insurance. And okay. uh, that is for... That that's the same deductible for our main two vehicles, but the likelihood of me crashing my car into my wife's car is <laughs> just ludicrous. I mean, like don't get me wrong, I've I've done some dumb stuff before, so it's not impossible. But but the the fact that that's the case, I don't have a thousand dedicated to my auto insurance deductible. I have the five hundred because right. that that could be a possibility of me wrecking into my wife's car, but the likelihood of that is slim and so i i don't speak to it as strictly as maybe i made it sound that it's not a exactly perfect i have two deductibles so 1000 auto insurance that's not exactly it i do have it set up to where it is a this is how much for my auto insurance this is how much the health insurance is going to be for me this is these are the deductibles which if you broke those down and kind of like we were discussing earlier, if you took those and just added those amounts together, would come close to the stretch that Sean is describing here so that it doesn't sound like we're talking about two different things. We really are just talking about different views of it. Right, different ways to achieve the same goal. Right, right. Because if you took those deductibles that I'm referring to and just literally lumped them on top of each other, kind of just as a whole, 
then that would look around the same amount where he's talking about that first stretch of, say, about 5,000 estimated that he was mentioning of having that readily available to you. Whereas if you had something where you said, I know I want to have 10,000 available for a new roof for the house, because that's that's a very strong possibility that happens out here in Colorado, is that I'd say yeah, it, a good roof. Yeah, those hailstorms hit like hard. And it, it could oh, happen. Oh, yeah, 30-year roof out there is five years if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's no joke. It really isn't. And so you, you have the 10000 available to you, but if it's something that you can go through a, a trading day, T, T plus two, you said? Yes. A trading day plus two business days in order to get those funds for your roof at that point. And you're hoping, you man, you're hoping you put that money in there and you don't need it for a year right right you you're hoping right. you get a 30 year roof out of it you won't out here but we'll hope for it and in that time then because you know that you have the flexibility to get that to you in a few days because it it will be okay it would be frustrating for a couple of days but it will be okay to get those funds to you in a couple of days then that's the opportunity to to call up Sean and say, hey, you know what? I've got 10 grand. This is normally what I have for the roof. But until then, I want to have this involved in in the possibility of, of growth. And that's when you can decide on how conservative or how aggressive you want that growth to be through an investing program of, of some sort or doing with it on your own and however that works best for you. So that would be a good example of having money available to you in a savings style fashion, but still allowing it to grow over time while you have access to it. If that's, if that's a fair enough comparison to kind of stitch everything together here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the goal is to try to enhance the work being done by the money without tying it up unnecessarily. So a lot of people think of, Oh, well, you know, I want something conservative. Maybe I'll throw it into a CD. That's fine, except a 3D CD. Sorry, C- CD, 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 CD. Yeah, certificate That's of it. deposit. Sorry. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something you would in- buy at your at your bank, and it's currently earning next to nothing. Right. Thanks to interest rates. Yeah. Um, but the issue there is it's still tied up for a period of time. Oftentimes, you're looking at three months on the low end for a CD, um, and you could go as long as a year or two. And unfortunately, you don't know when that new roof is going to need to be put on. So you can't, you know, if it just renewed, if your CD just renewed and it's a three-month CD, you don't really want to wait three months to have access to those that money again. Absolutely. You also you also probably don't want to dump into an annuity that's going to tie you up until retirement or for the next seven years or uh, only going to allow you access to 10% of the fund's in any given year, uh, any number of different restrictions that they might throw in there, uh, which is why those liquid investments are really key to that option, but also keeping it uh, within a range of you know, risk-reward that makes sense for what the funds are going to be utilized for. I think another great example of that is actually taking into consideration when you're looking at cars, and you have a car payment, you, you owe it you used to owe on your car and you've decided I want to have cash available for my next car purchase, which kind of starts to go into more of a sense of self-insuring your own vehicle. And that's, 
that's something where you you can lean more into the idea of say a liability only because the whole idea of the reason you pay insurance is because the insurance company is supposed to step up and pay you the value of your car so you can buy another car but if you have money set aside in order to purchase a new vehicle because yours happened to get wrecked then that's that's the purpose of, of doing that. So you're kind of self-insuring yourself. You're, you still need to have liability insurance, and as I think you should, even if you didn't have to, because you need to cover the other person's car. But if you have that money available to purchase a new car, we'll just say ten grand, then that's that's another example of hey, I've got this car, it's working great, I want it to last as long as I can, and you're you're just the best driver in the world, and you've got great personal mate. You're, you're changing your own oil because because you're you've got it you're you're handling your own maintenance because you're an independent woman that don't need no man that's how i feel at least as i'm an independent (laughs) woman that don't need no man and uh when when you're doing that then hopefully in a matter of say the next 10 years you you have no problems with your car and by chance you've allowed that ten thousand that's available to you to work within the market the same concept of you need to purchase a new car after 10 years or so, but you had that money available, then it's allowed to work in the market over that period of time until I, I, I'm sorry. I just got distracted because I realized I'm talking with my hands, even though it's me alone in a room staring at a computer screen. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good. like, I'm like, I'm making waves as, as the, the stock market goes when things go high and then low and nobody's here to even see me. Anyways, I'm sure it adds to the feel on the receiving end. <laughs> it feels right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you're allowing it to work for you to still have access to that. And, and that can be the same thing that both Sean and I are talking about where, it might be part of a lump sum for him. He might say your 10,000 for your roof and your 10,000 for your future car. We're going to take those two together. The two of those together is 20,000 and we're going to put that into the market or because the chances of you wrecking your car on your roof is slim to none. Hey, maybe, maybe those two represent the same thing and, and we can take that 10,000 and allow it to work in the market for you. It's, it's a matter of how you want to organize it and whatever makes sense to you. And if if I was looking at mine just because it makes sense in my head, then it would probably be a, here's my money set aside for my roof, here's my money set aside for my new car, and I would offer that. And <laughs> if I hand it to Sean, he's not going to care. He's like, oh, yeah, it's 20000 Be like, actually, it's two divisions of 10000 This one goes to this one. He's like, I, I don't I don't care. I, the, <laughs> Pretty much. This is, this is what I'm going to use it for. And it's still a good long-term approach to to use it for that so that it's working for you while you have access to it and it's available to you should that occasion needs and this this to me is a great example of how that money is still allocated to me it is allocated for your roof for your car whatever it is and it's not actually savings philosophically in my head mentally it is stuff that is already allocated for stuff and hopefully my things that are already allocated mentally are also going to have the opportunity for growth until I need them. Whereas uh, the way Sean's describing it is these two together 
might get used for one of those two things and aren't strictly dedicated to those things, which I, I can just change the name of my categories if I want to. <laughs> but right. uh, saying these are not strictly dedicated to these two things, but we're going to hope for growth while we're hanging on to them. And and that's that's why it's important to me to try and stitch this together as a demonstration of of this is what you can do with it. It's a matter of what's important to you. It's a matter of how you have it organized in your head because you want to make sure that you're making the best choices that you can. And this is the opportunity to allow growth while having access to the liquidity and some of the possibilities of of an emergency that's covered. And so it's it's savings. But it's not savings. But it is savings. But it's not savings. <laughs> yeah, I'll how's, let you continue that? to have that argument. Uh, interesting <laughs> side note: a lot of people believe that you are legally required to have car insurance to drive. However, many states will actually allow you to post a bond in lieu of having car insurance. So if you can post a bond of sufficient size and basically you're leaving that money you're self-insuring and you're just leaving that money set aside in the event of an accident uh with the the state and you, you can't do anything with it um but that avoids having to to pay for insurance on an ongoing basis so there That's are really other interesting yeah. i've never heard of that and i mean originated I, in california i believe uh in an effort to address the issue of some really exotic cars that their residents were pur- purchasing and were finding gotcha. to be uninsurable. Gotcha. Okay. There well, are check. five of these made. Uh, how do we insure it? Uh, <laughs> uh, Lloyd's in London might talk to you about it. Otherwise, we're not going to touch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Check. Check with your local <laughs> state regulation. Cause, I mean, back back when I worked in the in the court systems, we we were constantly going through cases of people that were were getting criminal charges for not having proof of insurance. And are you saying that that's avoided if they have a bond present to demonstrate that? I mean, that they sounds have like to a- post the bond. It, it's a it's a legal thing. You actually. You know, you, you go through the proper channels to post the bond, but yes, it is an an viable option in lieu of insurance in some states. That's super interesting. Okay, uh, I'll have to look into that too. But check check with your your local government. <laughs> yeah, don't just, just I mean just you, you kind of have case. to just to be able to post the bond. But yeah, right. And and go buy exotic cars and and send us pictures after, after <laughs> you all your money straightened out <laughs> and then tell us how the bond process i don't know i digress i i, I think that's a, a pretty good general uh hey here's here's savings here's cushion here's here's what you can do with them whether or not savings exists in your mind's eye right yeah is that a is that a good <laughs> yeah i mean the up? real point is that you need to build up some sort of cushion to plan for the the unlikely events that could occur. And Absolutely. that should take some precedent over many other needs and wants. Totally agree. And how you go about doing that and how divided, uh, how how focused you want to do those things is entirely up to you. It's 
like we say in a bunch of things, it's it's you and your priorities and what matters to you the most. But it is important to have some level of that because when you have that established and you have that safety net in place, then that's that's when you can also allow to find those different levels of how can you get your money to work for you while having the safety net in place because then you you are prepared for it and also getting the most bang for your buck out of it. Right. And you probably like want to it. prioritize paying off high interest debt over building up the emergency fund. Go back and listen to our debt episode. Yes. Again, if that if that's a shock to you, <laughs> you go back and listen to our debt episode again and and soak it in. Allow it to meld with your mind. I'm I'm totally digressing. I need to get I'm off. Just of gonna it marinate in I, it. <laughs> the, the marinating brain is the 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 Worcestershire sauce for your brain, right? Is that how how do you pronounce it? Worcestershire, Worcestershire. Yeah. I don't know. I go I mean, either way. I, <laughs> well, I used to say Worcestershire. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's definitely not. So many syllables. Thank you again for joining us here in the Truth About Investing Back to Basics. Thank you for taking the time to make sure that you are learning more than the average bear and taking the time to better yourself. I'm Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we will throw another episode your direction next time. God, that doesn't sound right either. Okay. Podcast disclaimer, disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting LLC unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Holling, that's me, is not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Holling, me again, represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond the author's intent, distribution, or copying of its contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal, accounting, or tax advice and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. 
follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or other representatives, a consumer should contact their state securities administrator. Amen. tuxedo I don't I don't <laughs> nope no nope. why would you okay. even think of putting a pickle in a tuxedo well you know I don't know but there there's a, another old joke that's like that where it's like uh, what's black and white black and white black and white and green it's three skunks fighting over a pickle like what why <laughs> yeah why why <laughs>